Hello everyone, this is Harshad and you're listening to the Library of Diversity podcast, where I bring you the experiences of trailblazers around me working towards a greater diversity and inclusion in our society. Wherever you are in your life at this moment, I hope these conversations help you be more informed about the many benefits of diversity and inclusion that can bring you closer to achieving success in your professional, social, and personal lives. Happy reading! After discussing the why of diversity and inclusion at work in the last episode, Today we will be talking about why should you care about diversity and being inclusive in your everyday life. And for that, I'm going to travel to some of the most inclusive countries in the world according to a research conducted by the Othering and Belonging Institute and meet our friends Hadith, Abdul, Sarah and Divya to get a first-hand account into the benefits of an inclusive society. On my way, I will also be sharing some tips that will come handy in helping you be more inclusive in everyday life. Let's begin. Alright, I'm on my way to Sarah's place in Oslo, Norway and I'd like to share a story before I reach there so that you get an idea why you need to listen to the next 20-25 minutes of this episode. So there's an old Italian tale about the rise of fascism in the 20s. A fascist recruiter was trying to convince a socialist peasant to join the party. The peasant said, I cannot join your party. My father was socialist and so was my grandfather. So it is impossible for me to become a fascist. The recruiter looked at him and responded, Your reasoning is all wrong. What if your father and grandfather had both been assassins? What if I tell you that? And the prison looked at the soldier and said, Hmm. Well, in that case, I would surely join the fascist party. <laughs> what do we learn from this story? One of the many morals you can derive is that a strong sense of belonging to one group can in many cases carry with it the perception of distance or divergence from other groups, right? And which is why we create a family, caste, religion, nation around us to make us feel safer. That feels like our place, that feels like your belonging. And for those who do not belong to that group, we look at them and in order to reduce our insecurity or fears toward these unknown, we put them in a box of certain ideas and say we know them. We create that box for them. And that is where our stereotype is born. It's it's very natural to have stereotypes like that. After all, not everyone can be a family or friend, right? And this phenomenon is called as implicit bias or unconscious bias in the language of psychology. But I guess what? I mean, that was all right until maybe the 19th century when the world wasn't connected and you very much stayed within your boundaries of your family or state or your country at max. 
But in the 21st century, we all live together practically on the internet. We work together at places. There are people from every sort of diversity and background around us. We have neighbors from different states, sometimes countries, sometimes race, different sexual preferences, different gender, different political opinions, different lifestyle choices, different occupations, different experiences. If you want to be happy with so many factors testing your implicit bias or your insecurities and fears every day with so many unknowns around you, our preparation towards inclusion and towards knowing these people better in everyday life becomes a necessity and not a choice. We need to take steps to beat these biases and insecurities and find ways to evolve and enjoy life as it is meant to be enjoyed, right? There are some countries that are doing this a lot better than others and I'm on a quest to understand what they are doing differently. So yeah, I'm already here. Let's meet Sarah and get to know from her about inclusiveness in Norway. Hey Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Harshad. It's nice to be here. Tell us your origin story. Like, uh, as you said, my name is Sarah, 30 years old, and my background is medical doc- doctor. I'm actually born in Norway, in Oslo, but my parents are not from Norway. They are from Pakistan, both of them. The first I heard when they came to Norway was my grandfather in the 60s when actually Norway needed their work. That's what I know of the background. I didn't, I didn't do my studies in Norway. To, when I was 18, I went to Riga, Latvia, to do a six-year uh, course over there, East Europe. I spent six years there. What are the factors do you think that makes Norway such an inclusive country? I mean, it was on number one in 2018, the most inclusive country in the world. I think, like, I think personally that economy plays a role in it. Especially with, like, if you think about healthcare system or educational system, because they're state-funded and we pay it from our taxes also, and we are provided with everything from insurance to medicines without taking anything out of our pockets. Uh, and educational is totally free in Norway. So if if we didn't have the ec- economy in Norway, I think things would have been different. So I think like the economy in Norway and has played a big role. Apart from economy, do you feel the people of Norway were generally more welcoming? I think personally that Norway is quite inclusive in those things with immigrants, with race, with gender and with other communities like LGBT communities. They, they don't see that much about your race or where you're from or what you have been through. As long as they like you, they would like you. Other countries would probably like, okay, you're immigrant, you're a part of this community and you can't be included in our group kind of thing. But I don't, I don't see that in Norway that much. Of course, you have some incidents that comes up here and there every, every year maybe. But not that often that I can put like my finger on it and say this is wrong with Norway because it's not. Is it all perfect then? 
Well, in Norway, there there is several things that I would want to change. One of those things is it's my personal experience, and I also have hear, heard about it. And that is when you're job hunting, for example, having a name which is not Norwegian, for example, at least my first name is okay, but my second name is not Norwegian, might also give you a little bit trouble with getting a job that you actually want. And maybe you are educated and you have experience with it. It will still be more difficult than native Norwegians. I wouldn't say it's racism. It's just like people are comfortable with what they know and then after a while I understood it's not only one thing it's also like nepotism that's how the job market in Norway works I don't like in my family they're not uh, from Norway they were from Pakistan and I don't have any doctors in my family I was the first uh, medical so I couldn't get go and get help from anyone so I had to stand on my own feet and try to do it myself and what are some of the things that you want other countries to learn from Norway? I think like Norway is amazing when it comes to disability categories, when it comes to inclusiveness in race. So uh, like one of the things I would say that every country should see is the disability categories in Norway. And we have so many rules and laws and system that helps you with it. So you don't see a difference between one person who is who has a disability compared to another. Norway is the only country in Norway that doesn't allow you for abortion if you have a child with Down's syndrome. And that is because of Norway has the ability to provide and help if you get a child with Down syndrome. They made so many systems around it that you're able to get the help you need, able to live normal mm-hmm. as others. You were telling me about how people are aware of each other's mental health there and it was seen during this lockdown period. I'm I'm glad like Norwegian people are doing these things with offering help, for example, to go and buy your groceries, to go and take a walk or just to talk with someone. I think that's a form of inclusiveness. Awesome. So that was Sarah. Next up, we are heading to Canada and I'll be meeting my friends Abdul and Harnit over there. Before that, as promised, tip number one for being more inclusive in everyday life. Pay attention to the stereotypes. As explained earlier from the box example, stereotypes are oversimplified images of ideas about a group. You know, like boys should not cry or girls should like pink or there's something wrong with women who doesn't want children. Such stereotypes are really common and they affect decisions around education, employment, justice system, financial services, personal relationships. I think the best way to check those stereotypes is by talking to people who hear stereotype. Alright, I'm here in Canada. Let's meet Abdul. Hey Abdul, welcome to the episode. Well, Hyderabad misses your shairies and poetries. <laughs> What's your origin story and how did you end up in Canada? Hi Arshad. Yeah, I'm from Hyderabad, born and brought up there. And uh, Canada, initially I was not planning mm-hmm. anytime soon, but then after my graduation, so I kept hearing from a couple of my seniors who, who started studying in Canada that it's just really a good country for, for settlement or maybe 
for at least you know going out and getting that exposure for study or they've always you know made sure make sure to mention that you know this is a country wherein people are being respected and there's no racism of uh, as such what were some of your observations that made you feel canada was an inclusive country people are really friendly and uh, they are very inclusive whether it be a workplace or whether it be like for example even if you are delivering food to them they see you they always treat you really well back then in our developing countries we call these kind of jobs as odd jobs i don't know why we do that but it's it's not like that here job is a job here even if you look at the police officers and all mm. you don't need to get afraid of them they are quite friendly and if even if there's some confusion or even if they are trying to pull you up they'll always be respective when i was studying i had my colleagues classmates from sri lanka mexico even from the gulf side and then iran and all so it's very inclusive and and this this country is basically this this country is a country of immigrants you will find immigrants everywhere and with 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 regards to the some factors that makes this country more inclusive is because uh, even at your workplace and whenever you're studying as well they have seminars and they have this sessions wherein they they educate people of how inclusive people should be and how how welcoming people should be that's one thing that spreads awareness among the people that's why that factor of groupism is does not really exist here the good thing is the awareness is being spread in such a way that it's going and residing in the subconscious so one awareness is just to break the norms which is done very loud which is required just to you know tell the whole world that okay we've been you know suppressing people that we shouldn't be and then there's this another parade that's going on and when i say parade it's not really a parade but you know this special awareness weeks that 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 goes on in colleges and in in offices also when you go out for shopping the brands they have this special weeks going on uh, that that goes and resides in the subconscious and that's a really good technique to you know uh, so so if one thing is being said in certain different type of ways and communicated in different ways and for a very long time then even the person who's denying at the initial stages ends up accepting his or her mistake and then they start being more inclusive what do you want our country to take away from canada here when there are leaders or when there are ministers they are they are not treated that you know the way that they are treated back there in our country wherein you know they they're not treated as inhuman they're not treated as gods they they are considered humans when they make a mistake media is asking them questions and the whole point of question and answers is revolving around economy around people around development factors so so the, the real problems of society you know that's the good thing and that's the thing that i would want to you know push from here to the other other developing countries that the, that the point of concern for for media for for any ministers for for any leadership should be about growing absolutely abdul i hope that day comes soon when our priorities are right tip number 2 for a more inclusive day to day life be curious and ask questions conversations have the power to reveal what we have in common and that's why we say this at library of diversity that we are not different from each other but we are different like each other conversations help us break down those biases and connect us with people based on who we really are at heart instead of what others assume so when you catch yourself stereotyping be a little more curious about that person you are doing so 
talk to them and ask them some questions and questions can be like where did you grow up and what is the most memorable what is most memorable about it uh, where would you like to travel uh, would you change anything about you if you would go in the past uh, what are you grateful for in life uh, what about the world right now who saddens angers or frustrates you do you usually follow your head or your heart when you make decisions what's the biggest compliment you ever received you know these questions will help you get closer to that person or any person for that matter but definitely somebody you do not understand or you haven't had much interaction with these things these questions they will really get you closer to a very different kind of a person and you will realize so many things in common all right next up we have harneet from canada sharing her experiences of being an expat and what she felt made canada such an inclusive place to live in hey harneet great to have you with us it's always great to know where someone is coming from what's your origin story first of all thank you so much harshad for having me on this podcast my origin story is actually quite similar to most others i'd say i was born and raised in india and like every other indian i was working in the technology field when i decided that i wanted to immigrate to canada for better job opportunities the standard of life and a better lifestyle given the less crime rates and the freedom of expression do you feel that you're living in the most inclusive in one of the most inclusive countries in the world you know it's funny you ask that i have lived in india for most part of my life and when you see india it's a very diverse country it's an amalgamation of so many different communities and cultures coexisting within a nation and that's great i got to closely experience this diversity and understand it so much better when i moved to a different state for my masters and we had students from every corner of the country however it's a whole different feeling being in canada and specifically speaking about the toronto region it's a really diverse place to be and yet you can be whoever you want to be honestly that's what i think inclusivity is all about you feel accepted being whoever you choose to be you be it i feel lucky to have made friends with people from different nationalities different cultures speaking different languages and still there's this sense of unity strangely you go to a grocery store and you can hear four to five different languages being spoken according to statistics one fifth of canadians were born elsewhere and yet canada is one of the most peaceful countries so when you take these two statistics into account it's a direct indicator of how inclusive canada is for me being able to speak about my own culture and getting those opportunities to share and learn about those of others it's amazing there are cultural differences and different communication dynamics you know coming from different backgrounds but accepting that difference and respecting it makes me realize just how inclusive canada is what are some of those things that you feel make a country more inclusive a multitude of things for sure probably one of the bigger factors being how accessible the information is on immigrating to a country is there support and communities for different religions nationalities and not just race you can look at how many different minorities are elected in the parliament of that country you can also look at the criminal offenses because when you think about inclusiveness it's not just race it's got to be everything did you feel people in canada were more inclusive in general most definitely we have communities that provide just an abundance of support for just about every community here there's a plethora of organizations aimed at helping new immigrants settle in 
providing support with finding a home, a job, creating meaningful connections and networking. A very fun incident that I can recall from the very first days here in Canada was when I took the bus ride for the first time. I didn't even know how to get a ticket and not realizing there's no bus conductors here. With a confused look on my face, I handed the change to this person standing next to the driver and he looked at me, smiled and pointed towards the box meant for the change. It was an embarrassing experience for me, but again, I feel most people here have gone through the similar stages of being a newcomer, facing similar kind of challenges and that's the reason we are able to understand each other so much better. We definitely listen with the aim of learning about each other as compared to most other countries and that's more important than we think. As human beings, if we don't know something or someone very well, we naturally don't trust that something or someone. And we start acting on this unconscious bias that we all know how that ends. Do you feel there's room for improvement or is it all utopia? We are most definitely not ready to talk about intra-community challenges and prejudices. And when I speak of all the experiences, I'm speaking from my experience in the Toronto region where immigration is a huge part. However, certain regions of Canada where immigration is not as huge and understanding the challenges that some of my colleagues and friends who have moved to Toronto from other parts of Canada they have described the challenges they have faced the challenges their kids have faced at school and how hard it is for young children to embrace their own cultures rather than trying to fit in i mean it can be detrimental for the growth of a kid being called different names for belonging from a certain part of the world and there are cultural biases for sure factoring these kind of experiences in i would say we aren't fully inclusive and um, when can we get to the point where everyone truly is one feels accepted and no one feels left out or picked on because of who they are or where they're from i'm not sure it's definitely not an overnight thing it's an over the time thing but bit by bit i want to believe we are going to get there what should other countries take away from canada according to you while there probably isn't a blanket cover solution or tips that might fit every country it needs to start with awareness and education and credible sources at that the education system the social media a powerful tool to spread information if used rightly of course and even in mass media which we are already seeing we have same sex couples people from visible minorities disabilities being added into movies and shows and it's getting normalized we have seen the prime minister justin trudeau giving a powerful speech back in 2015 representing diversity is canada's strength and that has a huge impact it does make a difference some way or the other for even minorities to feel inclusive even people with disabilities feeling inclusive people from different races and cultures feeling inclusive and being recognized as being one canada and i earlier mentioned inclusivity is acceptance i would also like to add awareness to that 
and quote, inclusivity is all about awareness and acceptance. And if we start normalizing awareness and add proper information on the channels and platforms to educate everyone, inclusiveness of everyone can just become normal one day. And after all, isn't normally being included all we ever want? Awesome. Awesome. All right. That was Harney. Thank you so much for joining us. Tip number three, be a vocal ally. Like Harsha said in our last podcast, it is important. Imagine people around you, no matter what background they be from, knowing that you are always with them. What a beautiful sense of belongingness will that create, right? Last up of the day, Switzerland. Hey Divya, thank you for joining us. What's your origin story and how did you land up in Switzerland? Yes, uh, so my origin story is not very different from almost all the middle class Indian people. After my high school, I went to IIT Delhi and I studied there. I studied biochemical engineering, biotechnology, did a couple internships, realized I'm very much into biology and somehow I got lucky. I found a position in Switzerland. I moved to Switzerland. I worked there as a guest scientist for almost two years. What what makes it more inclusive, you think? I don't think Switzerland is very different from India. The culture is not very different. So I think they just look different and they speak a different language. But when it comes to regular life and the way of living, it's very, very similar to how we live here. It's very similar. Yeah, that could be um, one of the factors influencing inclusiveness that uh, these countries which have these old cultures, right? When they, and especially when the old cultures are preserved. Even though they are a bit different, but my perception that just the existence of these cultures, you feel a little bit more inclusive. You don't feel too alienated. You you won't feel very different if you're in these countries. If you look at the stats of country like Switzerland, uh, the median income there is around 6,000 Swiss francs. So Swiss francs is similar to US dollar. It's a little bit higher than US dollar. When it, so if the median income is such so high, then a lot of people can afford a certain living standard, right? And I think that's one of the big factors that it, that affects inclusiveness. So they have they have a lot of things. So the, all these countries they have good education systems. In in a country like Switzerland, you have free education until your master's degree or your PhD. It's almost free. I think uh, it's it's also the income distribution, how the income is distributed among the society. So if every, if everybody has access to good education. And they have at least this kind, this amount of money to support their rent, basic needs, and everything. Then they have, they also have time, time and energy to focus on other social issues. For a country like us, we have completely different social issues. We have, we still have the problem of hunger here. People are still struggling to feed themselves. They are not focusing on bigger social issues like, uh, for example, inclusive inclusiveness at work. I think economic economic conditions is uh, one of the big factors. What are the qualities of Swiss people that you feel makes them more accepting of others? They care about other Swiss people. For them, being a Swiss is an identity. They won't say, oh, you are from some part of Switzerland, you are from other part of Swiss. For Swiss people, or you speak French or you speak Italian. No, for them, Swiss is the identity. Because a lot of people speak different languages in the country. So how do they define themselves? They define themselves as Swiss. And if they see that something wrong is happening with a Swiss person, then they, they stand up for it. 
they they strongly criticize companies who don't pay their workers well and who or or whose workers are overworked and they actually boycott these companies it's it's kind of new i haven't seen anything like that in any of the places i visited if you go to a say a mcdonalds here and if you get to know that the mcdonalds worker is earning 6000 a month if swiss people get to know that a store worker is earning 6000 a month that they, they won't this they will stop going to that store altogether because they won't support that store because it's underpaying its workers or they'll protest for that store to pay their workers at least the minimum wage or a bit high, actually not exactly the minimum wage but much higher than the minimum wage much closer to the median salary yes by and by swiss identity it's not like they're calling anybody anti national or anything it's nothing like that okay but uh, they would love to do things that would help the country in any way do you feel the wave of rising polarization in the world in the last few years also hit switzerland yeah for actually that is true polarization has risen a lot um, i remember a couple years ago the government tried to pass a law that would restrict the the migration of people coming into switzerland but swiss people rejected that law it's always there so this political left and right situations and conservatives asking for some kind of legislations and liberals wanted some kind wanting some kind of legislations it's always there so it's in every every country but uh, politically it's 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 very stable it's not as unstable as other countries maybe it's a very homogeneous a very tiny population it's only 8 and a half million people in the Awesome so those were our four guests for the podcast today and some wonderful insights into a more inclusive society before we leave tip number 4 and the last tip for the day and probably the most important be mindful of your reactions i hear from some of my friends who are disabled narrating incidences where they were stared upon or they were just made feel uncomfortable or been approached to be helped even when they did not ask for it You know at times you see people like a tattooed woman or a transgender person don't change your route or avoid them or don't avoid having an eye contact with them just because your insecurities make you feel so if possible try to have a conversation with them treat them like a human book to you engage in an inclusive and open manner that will really change this world Thank you for joining me on today's episode and I really hope that you will go away feeling a lot more informed about the importance of being more inclusive in our everyday life. Make sure you subscribe to our channel wherever you're listening this podcast from. Leave us a review and check out the amazing work we are up to on libraryofdiversity.com. In fact, if you'd like to begin with meeting interesting people from diverse backgrounds, you can do so on our online platform online.libraryofdiversity.com. Thank you. See you next week.